Well, hello, and welcome to another edition of the e-commerce evolution podcast. I'm your host, Brett Curry, CEO of OMG Commerce. And today is going to be fun, it's going to be informative, and it's going to be old school with a very modern twist to it. We're talking direct mail. Now, if you know anything about my background, I got my start in traditional media, TV, radio, a little bit of print. I used to do a little bit of direct mail. I actually love direct mail. But here's the interesting thing. It is an untapped, unleveraged opportunity for e-commerce brands. And so we're talking about that today. This episode of the e-commerce evolution podcast is brought to you by OMG Commerce Resources. That's right. Here at OMG Commerce, we want to help make sure you're educated and in the know to capitalize on the latest tips, tricks, and strategies to help you grow your e-commerce business. So if you go to omgcommerce.com and under resources, click on guides, we have some cutting edge free information for you on things like how to dominate with Amazon DSP ads or how to use Amazon sponsor brand video ads and how to craft the perfect ad. We have several guides on how to capitalize on YouTube ads from creating the perfect ad to knowing when you're ready to scale. Plus there's a newly updated Google shopping guide plus more. Check it all out at omgcommerce.com and click on guides under resources. And now back to the show. And so my guests on the show today are, are really two e-commerce pros, e-commerce veterans, guys that you, you need to know if you don't already know. And so I'm going to intro them and then, and then bring them on here. But the first is, is uh, Michael Epstein. Now, Michael uh, was the CMO of Axel Holdings, so Auto Anything and a number of other big brands. He ran marketing for that group, had a majorly successful exit. Uh, also has worked in SaaS and just a really, really smart guy. Uh, I've had the privilege of being on several calls with Michael. I always learn something when I'm chatting with Michael. So, uh, Michael, welcome to the show, and thanks for taking the time, man. Always great to be here, Brett. Thanks. Yep, absolutely. And then the next guest is truly a legend. Uh, to, to go along legend, with the he, old theme. <laughs> the old I wasn't sure fan. how to play that off. I wasn't sure to like really lean into OG or not lean into OG. I don't know. While I do feel good, it. Drew, that you have more gray than I do because I'm really my beard's really starting to go gray. But uh, <laughs> super excited to have Drew Sanaki on the call. And uh, I, I met Drew from through a mutual friend, Ezra Firestone. I got to hang out with Drew at multiple events. He's always one of those speakers that when he shows up at an event, people are like, oh, man, we get to learn from Drew Sanaki. And so Drew was the CEO of Axel Holdings and, and ran Auto Anything, also ran Karma Loop, was a CMO for Teamwork. Uh, there's even a story, and I don't know that we'll get to it, but, but in his previous, his first e-commerce business, I think it was your first one, Drew, you guys shared office space with Twitter, right? Back when Twitter was like a baby. Yeah, they were across the hall. They were yeah. a podcasting company called Odeo. And uh, Twitter was across the hall. Airbnb was upstairs. And, uh, and then we were there selling furniture in the middle of all that. Yeah. Thinking, yeah. thinking we were the most successful out of all those companies. <laughs> They're like, man, we can teach these guys so much Twitter. What's that going to become? Airbnb. Yep. Yeah, whatever. Yep. Uh, that, that's so cool. And, and actually, we were, Drew and I have got to work on a few projects together. And, and I remember after one particular uh, project, Drew, you were working with one of our team members. Uh, one, one of the Chris's, we have lots of Chris's on our team, but one of them was like, 
dude, I want to be like Drew Sanaki when I grow up. I that, that's, that, that, was, <laughs> that was his I don't feedback remember after which Chris that was or why he said that. It was Chris Tyler, but he was okay. just like, man, Drew Sanaki is so sure smart. Uh, so uh, anyway, so, so fellas, uh, we're, we're going to get into some, some serious education. We're going to talk about why to consider uh, direct mail, how to consider, how to use it, all that, all that type of stuff. But talk to me, you guys are now uh, behind a really cool company called Postpilot. And, and so can you guys describe what that is and, and why you're involved? And we'll get into the, the education. Yeah, I, I'm, it's probably why Michael and I are both on this call together. So we've worked together for about 20, uh, 10 years. We've been in e-commerce each for about 20. And uh, so we were at this previous company together, which was an e-commerce roll-up in the automotive category. And um, one thing we've always sort of done is use direct mail at all the retailers we've run. And we were so sort of interested in the category that we acquired the software company about three years ago called Postpilot. Postpilot's uh, direct mail for e-commerce. If you think of, you know, Clavio for postcards, that's that's essentially what the the software app does. And, uh, you know, we were we were... At first, kind of curious, running it as a side project, and then it got a full head of steam, and um, and now we're having exited the automotive roll-up. We are we are all in as at running on running uh, Postpilot. So, uh, what Postpilot does is plug into your e-commerce store, pull your customer data, and uh, the goal is to make direct mail as as easy as as email. That's that's awesome. Yeah, re- really excited to, to dig into this. And, and like I mentioned, uh, my business partner, Chris Brewer, is actually actually used to have a direct mail company. So he's all over direct mail. I actually used to do like lumpy mail back in the day. When I was first starting another agency, we did direct mail. So, uh, so I'm a big believer in direct mail. I've got some thoughts here too, but, but why is direct mail so powerful for e-commerce? And, and I'll let either one of you take that. Epstein, you want to take that first? Why is direct mail yeah. so powerful for e-com? Uh, sure. So, you know, in this day of kind of digital overload where people are getting bombarded in their email inbox, they're ignoring or deleting most of what's in there, uh, and the age of iOS uh, impacting people's Facebook performance, there's just a, an appetite to look for an unsaturated channels that allow you to cost-effectively reach and convert more of your customers. And so direct mail has become one of these um, kind of must-haves now for e-commerce brands that are looking to kind of fight back against uh, 20% email open rates and iOS updates impacting your, your ad performance. So this is a great way to get in front of those customers and drive incremental revenue and profits. Awesome. And you know, one thing that, that I've noticed too, that there was, there was a time, so when I was first getting into to marketing in a major way. And when I first, when I started my first agency, it was like in 2002. And at that time, there was an abundance of direct mail, right? Uh, there were times you open the, you open the mailbox and it's like jam packed full. And most of it is marketing mail, right? Which is the nice way of just saying junk mail, but it was full of marketing messages. That's not the case anymore. Like I, I, I don't get that much direct mail sent my way. And when I do, if it's interesting, you know, it, it, it's occupying a different headspace than when I'm checking my inbox. And obviously, 
Uh, email is super important, right? We're all fans of email on, on this call for sure and SMS. But, but direct mail is a little bit different headspace. You're usually reading that at a different time in a, in a different location. Maybe you're in the kitchen, maybe you're in your bedroom, whatever. You're like, you're, it's, it's a different time. Any, anything you would add to that, Drew, on, on why direct mail is such a, such a hot opportunity for e-com? I, I think just because, it, I mean, it works. If, if you said to me, hey, there's this untapped channel where there's not a lot of competitors, and yeah. your competitors aren't using it. Your competitors aren't using it. It's a way for you to talk directly to your customer and your competitors won't see you doing it, right? It's not like they'll see your ads or they'll, they can sign up for your list, right? Um, I, I would be interested, right? And I think when I talk to retailers and I say like, who's your most attractive segment? And it's broadly speaking, it's always your previous buyers. Like you're going to do better... Sure marketing to your previous buyers than you will to, you know, prospects, right? So um, we all agree that previous buyers are the best audience, um, but then it's it's sort of like this dirty little secret that uh, you can't actually market to all your previous buyers. And the reasons, I, I've read something like under 50% of your, of your actual customers are subscribed to your list. I mean, that's going to be different by the mm. retailer, but on average. And then... On any one email send, maybe 20% of those open your, an email, and that is an e-commerce right. average. So you put those two together, and it's a very small percentage of your best target audience that actually you know, can hear from you and reads your messaging. Um, it, leaves a, it leaves a wide swath that you can target via direct mail, which is really the only thing that can fill that gap and in, in, in go out and, and communicate with that, uh, that group of customers. So um, that's why I find it really compelling. It's sort of been like a secret weapon I've used for 20 years. Um, predates me. I mean, it went back to the 50s and, and, and the growth of catalog retailers, right? But um, it works. The cost is capped because postage is capped. Competitors aren't using it. And as you said, Brett, there's a lot of um, neurolog neurological studies and psychological studies as to why how people perceive mail and they perceive snail mail as sort of like a gift. They, they like it's tangible. Yeah. It's a tangible way to sort of present your brand. Um, and people interact with it differently than they interact with an ad or with an email. So all those yeah. put together, I think it just makes it a compelling channel. T totally agree. And we, we love remarketing, right? As a, as a Google and YouTube agency, we use, previous customer lists to run display ads and discovery ads and YouTube ads. And, and those work, right? And again, running repurchase campaigns or loyalty campaigns. But you're right. You're still not reaching everybody. You're just not. Like there, there's going to be a lot of people on your list that you're missing if you're just running email and just running remarketing campaigns. And therefore, you know, that, that's where, where direct mail can come in and fill the gap. So, so that's kind of the why. What about the how? How should we be using direct mail as an e-com brand? Well, I think you, you hit the nail on the head there where you do a lot of remarketing. And I think um, when we say direct mail to people, people automatically think prospecting. That's certainly one part of it, like just plastering a zip code with, with uh, flyers. But really, like the highest ROI, just like in most marketing, is, is remarketing and retargeting to existing customers, existing buyers. So I think starting there and kind of working up the funnel is a great way to, to sort of test the waters. You know, you start with your win backs, abandoned cart campaigns, second purchase campaigns, 
anything that happens after the initial purchase, and you're going to find a strong return on those those types of campaigns. And it's an incremental yes. return because you're you're targeting a lot of folks that just have not engaged with your digital channels. So you're leaving profits yeah. on the table. If you you know you've built all these great campaigns, you've figured out the right audiences, and then you, again you look at open rates or you look at your reach, and you're just not reaching all of them. So uh, there's incremental LTV and revenue to be had when you can find an effective way to reach those those customers. Got it. So you're using so you got win back campaigns. So someone who maybe it's a product someone should purchase every three to six months, and someone hasn't purchased for nine months. So you're you're sending them a postcard, or someone who's added a cart and has not purchased, you're sending them a postcard. How are you fitting that into the flow, right? Because you, you mentioned that, and I love this positioning, Drew. That that you know this is like. Clavio, but for postcards. So are you just making one of those follow-up steps in the process a postcard? You're, you're kind of you're working that in. So maybe the first couple touch points and either a win-back campaign or abandoned car campaign are email or SMS, and then, and then postcard comes next? Or, or how, does that, how does that flow work? I, I think you could do a number of things. Where we've seen people get paralyzed is, number one, what kind of, where, where should I start in terms of the campaigns? And then number two, how should I design the actual postcard? And regarding the former, I I would just say open up Clavio, open up your email software, look at the campaigns that are highest ROI, and just clone them to postcards. Right? If it's a you know a discount ladder that goes out over ninety days with increasing discount, then let's just take that same that same cadence and that same offer and flip it into postcards if it's just a, a simple... So then it's running in tandem with emails. So you're, getting, you're running the email, you're running the postcard. Basically, same message, same people, different mediums. Yes, I, and that's... that's. We get that question a lot. Is like, should I, how should I deconflict the two? And there's a lot of data that says um, you don't have to bother deconflicting. Like if the same customer sees the same messaging through email, a Facebook ad, and... Uh, through a postcard, then AOVs, you know, average order sizes typically go up and conversion right. rates go up. Conversion rates go up. Right. Yeah. And it's one of those, there's a, there's some theory behind that. This guy, uh, Byron Sharp, wrote a book called How Brands Grow. And it's all about the salience of your messaging. Like the more messaging you have in front of a, a customer from your brand, the better, you know? So I think if you can- And often the more messaging from multiple types of media, right? right? So it's right. not just the same thing over and over again, I mean, multiple touch points. Exactly. Yeah. So it's one of those, if you can afford it, I would do all three. Um, if you can't, then you certainly could do things like send email for a month. And if the customer has not responded to email, then you move into your print campaigns. Um, we see that with, with a lot of abandoned cart campaigns where- Companies like to hit the the abandoning customer a couple times via email almost immediately, and then a week later um, send the postcard if the customer hasn't replied. Yeah. Nice. And you can segment customers the same way you do in your email uh, service provider like Clavio, based on what they purchased, how long it's been, uh, average order value, all those things. Or you could even integrate directly with Clavio and use the same list and segments you've built in your email platform to target your nice. postcard campaigns. So you, you could use the same, almost the same, yeah, the same audiences, same flows almost, but but copy that over to, to postcards. 
Yep. Do you do you do the same thing then, uh, where as soon as a purchase happens, if it is a win back campaign or or, or abandoned car campaign, then that cancels the rest of the flow, so that that that's all built in as well. Yeah. Yeah, we've actually got a we've got a native integration native integration with Shopify and with Clavio, so you can just pull in your Clavio campaigns right into Postpilot, so they will sync. Got it. Got it. Um, cool. What, what are some of your What are some of your favorite direct mail success stories for ecom? There's There's a bunch. Uh, I'd say. You know, one that comes to mind, he brought up Ezra Firestone earlier, and he ran a postcard campaign for Boom, the cosmetics brand, and um, had a ton of success with it. Spent something like $1,500 and generated $40,000 in repeat in revenue from that campaign by... And that was a win-back campaign? Is that, that was that a win-back campaign, yeah. Okay. So it was basically like you've got customers buying makeup. You expect that customer to rebuy within an ex a certain period of time. That's how long the product's supposed to last. You've been hitting them with email campaigns. And uh, if they go longer than the expected time frame without repurchasing, uh, then you, you hit them with a postcard campaign and you got just extraordinary conversion rate uh, and revenue off of that. And this is... You know, super profitable because again, you didn't pay to reacquire that customer. You got a you got a customer that is that is bought from you to buy a second or third time, and there's so much more margin in that. Uh, and you get them back into their kind of routine of buying again. So it it extends to subsequent purchases after that, and they get more orders coming in because you've got them back on track. Yeah. So that that ROI there that you talked about that that was off that initial purchase, but. The beauty of this is if you sell a consumable or you have repeat purchases, then this reactivation of a customer can be extremely profitable because of all those, those future purchases as well. I've got, I've got two favorites. First right, is, yeah. and I would say one is a post-pilot win and the other one is, is uh, one that is on our roadmap but is just a, more of a direct mail win that I like. Um, yeah. In post-pilot, what I see a lot of customers doing are, are abandoned carts where you put the QR code on the postcard. And because of the Shopify integration, we can get that sort of uh, direct link back to the cart. And so nice. I, I see a lot of customers like, you get an abandoned cart, it triggers maybe an immediate email, an email a couple of days later, and then if the customer still hasn't replied, or if they're not on your list, they get the postcard You know, three, four days later with the QR code that sends them right back into the cart where their to product their is. cart. It's so, their yeah. QR code. So I think that's, that's kind fantastic. of cool. Cool from a yeah. usability point of view, just like an experience point of view. And, and, and one interesting side note, like this, this is one of those kind of unexpected benefits or shifts, you know, digital benefits from the pandemic, right? Like it's you know, so that shifted so much of our digital behavior. But QR codes, man, I remember when everyone was like, yeah, QR codes are dead. You know, that's no, no one's using them. Those are long gone. But now that we had to use them at restaurants or other places, like QR codes are very much alive. Yeah. I'm seeing them everywhere. And actually pretty easy, right? Because you use your, your camera app on your phone. And so uh, that's really, really useful. So QR codes sending you right back to your cart. That's super cool. Yeah, and then you could put some, you could put tracking and UTMs in the QR code too. So it... The postcard campaign shows up in Google Analytics now. So, right. Um, yeah, yeah. I just like that as a usability thing. And then um, I really like this this brand, uh, Petalura. 
Alan Schifrin's the CEO. Um, he's What's the name of it one more time, Drew? Petalura. So they are, uh, uh, he's, a, he's a colleague. I met him a while ago. He, his background's in cataloging. So ran, ran a printer and he's just been able to grow a, I mean, I'm not at license to say how big his brand is, but let's just say, you know, mid eight figures brand or eight, eight figure brand. I would say almost like 90% off a catalog, which you just, isn't that crazy? Like in this day and age that you could grow an e-commerce business that big off of catalog catalog prospecting, (laughs) like get the right list and then send that list a, a catalog. And he's just, you know, wash, rinse, repeat. And he's done it profitably, right? So he hasn't, it's not like he's bleeding money as he acquires these customers. Um, so just my conversations with Alan have been really inspiring and and have got us thinking through how we're going to roll out prospecting at Postpilot because that I think is like the next big win this year. Yeah. Um, <laughs> is starting to get into prospecting, but doing it right, not just doing it off zip code, you know, putting some more thought behind how we can get prospecting audiences and lookalike audiences and just some really cool stuff uh, off a of customer behavior on your website, so. Yeah, I think I think that will be an amazing innovation because, yeah, just doing blanket zip code targeting and that, that, that. That's really never worked very well, but if it's a very targeted list, and if you could if you could somehow yeah build that lookalike audience or behavioral audience and pull that into email or, or direct mail rather, that would be pretty that'd be pretty powerful for sure. So let's let's talk a little bit about the creative aspect behind a postcard, right? I think most of us understand what it takes to build a good display ad or a good email, right? Email is all about subject line and opening line of the copy and have a, an offer and image and stuff like that. What does it take to build a great postcard, like a postcard that people want to read and want to respond to? What are some elements there? Sure. So I think we talked about QR codes. You can do dynamic personalization, meaning you can insert fields like their name or other attributes about them dynamically onto the card so they're one-to-one personalized. That's great for engagement. You want to think about it similar to ad copy or ad creative where it's it's engaging, it reflects your brand so that it's easy to spot when somebody opens their mailbox. Uh, and you want to include an incentive, typically. Get them, create some urgency, put a deadline on it, give them an incentive to come back and act on that uh, with a strong call to action. Um, but I think we also rolled out done-for-you creative services because we realized that this was kind of a pivotal moment for us at Postpilot no matter how big the brand was, uh, eight, nine-figure brands that you think have this creative team, uh, and I'm sure you've, you've seen some of this on the ad copy side and ad creative yeah. side, Brett. You, you say, I'm just going to send it over to the creative department and wait for something to come back, and it can kind of get stalled, right? Everybody's got a lot on their plate. So we actually brought in designers in-house, and we have a professional design team that will help create your campaign using best practices that we know because we've seen millions of cards and thousands of campaigns go out, and we'll just make sure that we we implement kind of a great best practice design that we're very confident is going to get you a great return. Yeah, and I love that because, you know, what we run into is we work with with some larger brands, and a lot of them do have a creative department, but as a, as a kind of a comparison, we, we do a lot with YouTube, right? So we create YouTube ads. 
most of the time, even larger brands don't have anybody that's like a YouTube expert or a YouTube person, right? I guarantee you, most of these brands, they've got designers, but they don't have like a postcard person. Like, yeah, sure. okay, assign this to the postcard expert. And uh, like, yeah, we, we don't, we don't um, have one of those. So uh, makes makes total sense. Anything you would add to that, Drew? Uh, anything you would want to point out as far as like headline goes or other personalization tips? Anything you would say that makes a, a postcard really work? Yeah, I mean, I think it. you mentioned a couple things. Um, I think about it more as like an ad. Think more of an ad than as an email. Yeah. So it's more, it's a visual medium. So all the ad principles would apply here. Um, and then, you know, a best practice is is... When you design it, think ad, but when you implement it, think email. You know, the campaigns, the automation, the personalization, yeah. a lot of that stuff should be more analogous to how you use email. Yeah, it totally makes sense. So so design it, use design principles of an ad, but then then think about your flows and your campaign more more like email. Uh, any specific tips? Like, I, I, it's been a while since I've done postcards, but but I did run postcard campaigns back in the day. But, you know, there, there's sometimes you look at rules for headlines, you know, that, that sometimes seven to ten words is ideal and things like that. You want to, uh, you, you know, you want to have uh, enough copy but not too much and some, some of those things. And any specific guidelines there or does that just know, vary? Yeah, I don't know about rules of thumb there. I mean, just the more, you know, white space and, and, and yeah. images are all great. I think it comes down to, you know, like if you're going to put a coupon code on, we like to recommend single-use coupon codes as opposed to uh, a generic coupon unless you want it to go all over the internet. I mean, there, there may be a case where you need that. Um, sure. Automation and triggering is something that I'm not sure people realize you can do with direct mail. But, you know, define that audience. Take a, take a VIP, for example. If you want something special to go out to a, one of your top customers that spends you know, X dollars, uh, then you can set a tripwire that kicks in when that when any customer spends yeah. over that amount. And then, the you know, design an evergreen card that constantly is sending out when customers reach that threshold, right? So that's pretty compelling as a marketer to be able to set it and forget it. Really compelling. And I know you talk about this a lot, Drew. You, you did some presentations back in the day, I think for Andrew Udarian and also for Ezra, we talk about whales, right? So, so not... Not just like good customers, but the best customers. You know the whales, uh, like like they talk about at casinos. You know the high rollers and stuff. Um, so so what would be some ideas there? So so once someone reaches a certain threshold of spend, now we're sending them a postcard that that kind of thanks them and recognizes them and gives them an offer. Or, or what does that often look like? Yeah, I mean you can do a lot with that. I mean the general idea is like you've got these whale customers who drive your business, and usually. If you lay out all your customers in a spreadsheet and sort them by their spend, you'll see that something like, it's the 80-20 rule. Like you've got 20% yep. of your customers are going to drive 80% of your revenue. So once you realize that as a marketer, you should be thinking of those whales all the time. Like how do I get more of them? How do I turn, you know, to extend the analogy, how do I turn minnows into whales? Mm -hmm. And one of the ways is just a simple VIP campaign that, that thanks them. Right there's a lot of data that shows if you just reach out and thank the whale customer, they are right? more likely to yeah. come back and order again. So at ROIs, whether you put a coupon in that in that email or not, or in that postcard or not, um, we acquired a business last year called Handwrite, 
handwrite.io, which allows, uh, it's robotic handwriting. So you can have uh, an email from the CEO if you're an influencer-driven brand or from a salesperson that's like, hey, just want to thank you for spending $2,000 with our store. You yeah, know, you might and say- this, this would be a postcard or, or something that we yeah, get. Yeah, I mean, in, you could, it could be a postcard or it could just be like a handwritten note. Um, you could then say, here's a special offer for you, or if you don't want a discount or give a coupon, that's fine too. Just the thank you should ROI for you. It should have that customer come back. Uh, one thing we did at Auto Anything is the VIPs got a, a, custom, uh, a custom invite to sort of like premium service. So, hey, here's mm -hmm. your own sales rep with his or her phone number, direct line. Um, wow. And even you know, even though you might send that ultimately to your to your whole customer support team, but like it's it's nice to kind of have the VIP think that they're getting premium service. Yeah, and it's a good way to kind of conserve your your customer service spend, right? Like, do you have to answer the phone for every customer? Probably not, you know. But you'd want to answer it for your VIPs, so give them a special number. It's a great way to to sort of treat them. We actually did a. Yeah, a it's super test. smart. We did a test at, uh, with one of the Auto Anything brands too, where we carved out a segment of VIPs and sent them a thank you note once they hit a certain number of orders or spend threshold, and then measured uh, the performance of that cohort versus the control group that didn't receive that thank you note, and actually saw over a ten times better. Uh, it, increase in revenue over the next 90 days uh, for the group that received the card versus the ones that did not. So really just an effective way to drive so, brand loyalty and get those repeat customers really engaged with your brand. So, so just make sure I'm understanding the, 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 the test. So you took a group of, took two groups of, of whales or VIPs. One of them you did not send a thank you to, but they're still VIPs. Yep. The other you did send a thank you to, and the group that you did send that thank you to, their spend was 10x the control group? Yes, and these were customers that were getting the regular e email campaigns. They were both getting the same email campaigns. They were both exposed to potentially the same Facebook ads. The one difference was that one received that card and the others didn't, and we just saw much higher engagement from that group. Yeah, sometimes we just want to be seen and recognized, right? Like we we start to to feel it internally if we're spending a lot of money with a particular company, um, and and it's nice to be like, hey, is anybody noticing this? Does anyone see that I'm forking out these kind of dollars for for this company? And so, even just being recognized is pretty powerful. Absolutely, you've got a lot of choices yeah. on where you could buy from, and so how do you create yeah kind of these different surprise and delight and memorable experiences? that keep, keep you top of mind and make sure that you're the default choice next time a customer's in the market for a particular product. Drew talked about Salience and, and Byron Sharp. Like it's, it's almost that, that surprise and delight type of, uh, experience is almost like a cheat code to increase mind share and make you more memorable yes. uh, for when, you, yeah. when you're in the market for a product in the future. Are you recommending, and it almost seems like if you're going to recognize that VIP or that whale, that maybe a handwritten note would be better than a postcard. Are you, are you guys recommending, and do you guys do, do you guys do either of those, by the way? We do both. Uh, and so, so there's a bit higher cost to the handwritten card, so it kind of depends on what type of business you are. If 
you know, we have Got jewelry it. businesses and other businesses that have really high LTV and want a super memorable premium experience for their customers. And it's easy to justify spending two bucks to right. target your high, your highest value customer and keep that customer loyal and coming back and potentially spreading word of mouth about your brand because they got this handwritten note in the mail and it was just super delightful to them. And then other brands, you can certainly do it with just a, a postcard too because you right. can still personalize it. You can still say thank you. You can still include a, a, like a loyalty reward or, or incentive for them. And uh, those work, work great as well and super low cost. Very cool. So, so kind of walk through, and I'm, I'm sure there's, there's all kinds of opportunities here, but, but what, is, what does it cost to do this, right? So what, is it, what does it cost to send postcards to you know, a, a win-back audience? Or, or what does it cost to send a handwritten note to a VIP? You mentioned two bucks or whatever there, Michael. But can, can you give some, some examples, some ideas there? Sure. So car, postcards start at 49 cents, and that's an, that's an all-in price. So that includes postage, printing, everything. Uh, so typically less than the cost of a click these days. And so, oh, for sure. um, yes. yeah, and then as Drew mentioned earlier, the nice thing about it is, is that price is capped. So it doesn't matter if you're targeting that customer during peak periods like Mother's Day or Black Friday. You're, you're not going to pay more because it's a certain time of the year. You're not going to pay more because you're targeting a very coveted audience type that is, has a ton of competition from not just competitor, direct competitors, but people in other industries that still are targeting the same audience as you. Uh, so that's a really nice aspect of, of direct mail is that the price is fixed. Uh, and then we have our handwritten cards, which started under two bucks. Uh, and that, again, includes everything, first class stamp, handwritten envelope, handwritten card on stationery, custom printed stationery. So um, yeah, it's, it's a pretty cost effective tool now. Yeah, that's awesome. And I, and I totally see that where if you get a really high AOV and high LTV, high, high lifetime value customer, then like the handwritten note is a no-brainer. For most others, the postcard is, is probably okay too. Yep. Um, on the handwritten note, and, I, and I've seen, I don't know if this is the technology you guys purchased or for something else, but is that where you like you write something and then it tries to mimic your handwriting or, or is it just, just it looks like handwriting? Uh, well, you can either select from a variety of styles that we have and they're all they'll have all the nuance of human handwriting with the, the letters looking different and the angles and spacing and all of that stuff or you could actually digitize your own handwriting as well and it can copy yeah. your handwriting or your signature yeah I was just just curious about that because I know for me my handwriting is absolutely terrible uh, I probably should have been a doctor. Uh, I've definitely written notes and not been able to read them myself. So while it would be cool and novel to put my handwriting there, it'd be better if it was somebody <laughs> else's handwriting for sure. We've got a couple uh, like chicken scratch options for those folks who are like, this is way too neat. Nobody would ever believe me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, that's that's awesome. Um, fantastic. H how do you how do you encourage um, folks to, to look at this as they're kind of laying out their media mix? Any thoughts on that? So I love what you said, Drew, about, hey, okay, start with bottom of funnel, right? Start with, with existing customers and, and abandoned cars and winbacks and things like that. Any, any advice you would give to, to, you know, how you structure this in the media mix and your, or into your overall planning? I think it's, you know, just as we've seen last year with iOS 14, like attribution just got killed for, for Facebook it did. It did. and even email because I think email clients got hit later in the year. 
And yeah, so, and I was 15 to just kill it. Like we, don't, we don't have open rates now, right? So that, that's a real loss of, of important, meaningful data there. Yeah, so you know, you've got to put the dollars somewhere. I would, I would start running tests with simple retention campaigns. Winbacks, abandoned carts come to mind is probably the best. You know, you choose, every business is different, but on average, maybe it's customers who haven't purchased in 60 days. You know, mm-hmm. they, should, they should get a postcard and it should say, you know, hey, it could either be like a cross-sell type postcard. Hey, you bought the battery, the toy, here's the batteries, you know, come back and buy mm-hmm. the batteries or it can be a... Um, you know, a discount to buy from another category on your site. So I'd probably start there um, because that's the most likely to get the win for you. And, uh, you know, test that, automate it, have us do it. As Michael mentioned, we've got a program where we'll do it for most retailers out there of a certain size. And then we lock that in and and then you could start moving up the funnel, you know, and, and put those dollars towards... Uh, more of like abandoned carts and 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 even some uh, some cold prospecting lists and things like that, but um, you know when I'm putting together my marketing, our marketing budget, you know at Auto Anything or Mike put it together, uh, it was always like what's going to ROI over the next, really over the next quarter if not the next thirty days, right? And that's just kind of yeah. the business that we ran. So um, the retention stuff was kind of a no brainer. And uh, you realize like when you build that net around retention, every dollar you go and spend on acquisition is going to be more more profitable because yeah. you've got that stuff yeah. backstopping you, right? Um, yeah, I love it. And that, that's where, yeah, guys like me and agencies like OMG, we, we can spend more on YouTube because now we're, we're every customer is worth more, yeah, right? And that's good for the brand because higher. now we can be more aggressive at top of funnel because- right. We're making each customer more more valuable. Right. Do you ever use postcards? I know, like, just thinking about email flows. Uh, I know, I know, our mutual friend Austin Bronner talks about indoctrination campaigns, right? So you you sign up your initial sign up to get that first coupon or whatever. That's the indoctrination sequence, right? We talk about the the brand and the products and why you should buy from us and why we're amazing. Or I've heard them called acquisition campaigns. Do you ever do you ever use postcards in that in that sequence? Uh, and if if so, how? Yeah, we have a number of customers that use it for welcome sequence. So um, whether it's a postcard or a handwritten card, again, depending on kind of the product and the value and, and the price point and what type of experience they're trying to deliver. But uh, certainly a lot of brands like to send that, that thank you card with, again, typically an incentive to come back because these are customers that are really warm They've just recently engaged with your brand. They're probably the most engaged that they're going to be right after they make a purchase with your brand. It's crucial to get that second purchase as quickly as possible because we talked about it earlier. That's where the profits are coming from. Uh, it's that initial cost, that initial acquisition cost is so high now that you've got to be able to figure out how to get that second purchase, and that's what's going to allow you to be competitive when you go out and and look to acquire more customers. Awesome. Yeah, and that, and that makes sense. And so then then what about before, is there a way, and I've been out of the direct mail game a long time, so so this may not be available, but is there a way if you get someone's uh, name and email, there's not a way to look up their address pre-purchase, is there? Like if, they, if they've signed up to that initial list, there's not really a way to send them a postcard, is there? There will be. Oh, He's teeing right. you up, Epstein. Yeah. 
He that just he threw that ball up above the rim. <laughs> and we and didn't he even just, practice are, this. I'm like, Epstein's going to jump up there and he's going to dunk it right now. <laughs> Dude, yeah, yeah, I like stay it. Stay tuned. There's no possible like, way to I'm do like that. Steve is there, Nash, Michael? I'm just throwing it up there. there not until now, Drew. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't rehearse that we didn't practice yeah. that I didn't ask about that offline but that that was what I was thinking like that because that's another piece again thinking about I'm a top of funnel guy right I, but but I know the I know that new customers that's only one way to grow a business right you also got average order value in, increasing and re, increasing the, the number of repeat purchases like those are the ways to grow a business as well but if you can drive traffic through top of funnel, YouTube, Facebook, whatever the case may be, get an email opt-in. Now you now you increase your odds of closing them. But if you could throw a postcard at those people, that's pretty exciting. So it sounds like that's coming soon. TBD or or uh, yeah yeah to be yeah type of thing. glad to hear you're as enthusiastic as we are about it because we think it could be really killer capability for e-commerce yeah because I think that's the so so as you talk about like going going upper funnel with postcards like that's the first step in upper funnel right because exactly that, that could be a pretty it. that could be a pretty big audience and so yeah. you tackle that and then you can start going beyond that. exactly yeah. these are people that have at least raised their hand and so they're a lot they're a lot more engaged and likely to to buy and and that's where you start again versus going totally cold and just blasting people in a particular area or, or a particular demographic group. Very cool. I anything else you guys are really excited about as it pertains to direct mail for e-commerce that, that we haven't talked about yet? I think I mean the thing that's on our mind right now is prospecting coming later this year. Yeah. Um well I mean the other exciting thing to me is just that it's it's sort of like untapped. It's been it's been around for hundreds of years, actually, and uh, and e-commerce has just been hesitant. It's like a, a bit of a blue ocean, right? Like yep. more most retailers I know haven't haven't tested it, so yep. that's kind of exciting to me. It's like this this old channel that is relevant again. Yeah, it's old. It's proven, and that's why yeah, I kind of teed it up in the beginning. Is it's old school for sure, but with enough digital twists to make it really, really interesting. So, exactly right. Uh, what, what about you, Epstein? Any, any interesting things that, we, that you're really excited about that we did not talk about yet? Oh, well, I, think, I think we covered a lot, Drew. Touched on some of the prospecting and other capabilities that we're working on. But in general, I think it's exactly what you said. E-com and direct-to-consumer is in our DNA, so we built the product that we know we're makes sense to a uh, direct-to-consumer marketer, gives them the tools and capabilities that they're accustomed to, makes it as easy as sending an email campaign. Uh, and I think we just are co consistently finding new ways to, to continue to further that, that experience within the platform and just make it that much easier, continue to deliver stuff that we know matters to, to e-com specifically. Awesome. Well, fellas, then if someone's listening and they're like, okay, I'm sold, I'm in, I want to I want to give postcard and direct mail a shot for my D2C brand, how can they learn more about, about Postpilot? Should they just call Drew on his cell phone, I would assume? You can, or, yeah, or you email? can do that. Send, nice. send me a mail. Send me a piece of mail. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> should, they, should they write to you? Just send, yeah, write a, to send me. a letter. Um, no, my uh, no, no. Yeah. What's the best way to find it? It drew at drew at postpilot .com. I'll I'll reply, but sweet. Okay, cool. I would say uh, you know go to the website postpilot.com. We've got a great offer if you want to start out 
uh, where we essentially do anything for you. The, the, the customers we've acquired and that use the platform, they don't stick. They have really high lifetime value. And what that allows us to do is do almost everything for a new customer. Uh, as long as you're doing over a certain amount of revenue, uh, we can build you a campaign, design it for you, and send it out on our dime and show you the results. So that's at postpilot.com slash GFO. Godfather, Godfather offer. offer. Yeah, I should have said GFO. GFO is the Godfather yeah, like, offer. Wait a minute, what is that? <laughs> so Godfather offer, I like it. Uh, very cool. So, so postpilot.com forward slash GFO. Check it out. There's a there's a cool little video there from from you, Drew, which is which is awesome. Uh, and there's a, there's a yeah, an offer you can't refuse here from uh, the Godfather himself. So I, I love that. I love that. Um, cool. Any other any other resources or things people should check out? I see you got some nice examples on on the site from you know from Boom and, and Overlander and uh, Bulletproof. So so I think it looks like there's some really good opportunities. If you want ideas, and I know. For most people, the way they get ideas for their next email campaign or, or video campaign or something is to see examples. And so you've got lots of examples of successful postcard campaigns on the site as well. Yep, we're going to continue to add more of those. But case studies are great ways to get inspired. Awesome. Well, fellas, this has been fantastic. Uh, it really... It was a little bit nostalgic. It, it was motivational. It was inspirational for me to talk direct mail with you guys and to see this in action. Any any closing thoughts, remarks, closing asks for the audience? I guess you not, haven't looked I at it. Nothing. Yeah, I think <laughs> thanks for uh, listening. if it's not, yeah, thanks thanks for the time. And if it's not something yeah. that you've explored before, give it a look and let us uh, let us help figure out what we know is going to work for you. Direct mail, just do it. Just check out the Godfather offer as well. So we'll link to everything in the show notes, of course, uh, or just Google it and and check out what Drew and Michael have built. Uh, fellas, thank you so much for the time. It's been a lot of fun chatting with you and informative as well. So really appreciate it. Thanks, Brett. Thanks, Brett. Awesome. So as always, thank you for tuning in. We'd love to hear feedback from you. What did you think about this show? If you haven't already, we'd love that review on iTunes. It helps other people discover the show. And with that, until next time, thank you for listening. At OMG Commerce, we accelerate growth for some of the most loved brands in e-commerce, like Boom, Native, True Earth, Overtone, and dozens more. If your Google and YouTube ad performance isn't where it should be, if you're struggling with Performance Max, or if you're not scaling like you'd like on Amazon, then we have two ways to help. One, we have amazing resources that are free for the taking, like our top YouTube ads guide with lots of examples, our PMAX checklist, or our Amazon DSP roadmap, plus many more. Or hit us up for a free strategy session. So go on over to omgcommerce.com and click on Let's Talk to request that free strategy session or click on Resources and Guides and pick the guide that's right for you. And now back to the show.